zipping across the ether and bingo just like that ladies and gentlemen we are live my name is scott perry i'm the author of onward and chief difference maker at creative on purpose if you are ready to beat burnout make a bigger difference by making better decisions go to creativeonpurpose.com and grab yourself a complimentary copy of the burnout solution this is coffee on purpose where we have interesting caffeinated conversations with inspiring difference makers i am delighted to have my friend marianne lombardi no relation to my favorite football <laughs> coach of all time and we're going to have a conversation about identity one of the subjects near and dear to our heart hearts here at creative on purpose Marianne Lombardi, welcome to the broadcast. Please tell our viewers who you are, what you're up to these days, and where can people go to learn more about you and the difference you're making? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Scott. I'm thrilled to be here and uh, uh, happy to be talking about this uh, this topic. Uh, so yeah, as Scott mentioned, my name is Marianne. I'm a, a entrepreneur and executive coach uh, and an author. Um, and uh, I'm in right now uh, in the revisions cave uh, for my first book, which is uh, uh, titled uh, It's Your Story to Tell, Essays on Identity from a Messy Life Well-Lived. The revision revisions cave is that oh, what i heard you say yes i love it <laughs> yes yes all of us who are in this revisions i mean you know you wrote a book right like you write a book and then you go yay i wrote a book and then you go back and you're like wait a second now i have to revise said book so i have been uh down in that cave revising this uh this book and and just coming out of that cave right now that's awesome um just uh so you know uh you know, writing a book is like running a marathon and then revising a book is like running a second marathon. And then when that marathon is over, they take you to the marketing marathon starting line. Uh, so yeah, but you look pretty fit. I think you're going to be okay. I think you're, I think you're going to make it. Um, well, one, we're here to talk about identity. And as we were just discussing before we hopped on the live broadcast, there's lots of ways that we could go with this, but I always like to just start with De defining our terms. Um, identity is a word that's getting a lot of play in the culture right now. Um, what does identity mean to you and, and how and why your interest in, and how does it inform and inspire your work? Yeah, absolutely. So for me, this journey was really about getting to know myself better. So I think at its core, that is really what identity is about, is understanding self. You know, and so this book came about because of uh, my my child is non-binary. And when they came out um, uh, as not identifying with the gender they were assigned at birth, one of the things that it required me to think about was the fact that I was no longer a mother of a daughter. And I had taken for granted and was really loved the story and the narrative all around this idea of being the mother of a daughter. But now I was no longer that. And in that process, I had to uh, better understand why did that matter so much to me? Why did I was still the mother of this pretty kid, this great kid, you know, um, who is still the same uh, human uh, doing the same cool stuff. But um, but for some reason, I was really attached to that label. And so that sent me down a rabbit hole of of really unpacking uh, all of the labels and the narratives that I was attached to and really asking myself, well, why? Why is that? Uh, so when I think about identity, uh, I really think about it as a journey to better understand ourselves. It's not that we ever, uh, at least in my view, that we somehow find ourselves as a destination, but I think it is a process of really learning who we are in a way that um, can be applied and deployed in so many other areas of our lives. Mm, so much good stuff there. 
I love that you brought up the idea of story and narrative because I totally agree. I think um, identity is a story we tell ourselves about ourselves, a story we tell ourselves about other people, a story we tell ourselves about our situation, a story we tell ourselves about the stories we think other people are telling themselves about us. It gets very complicated very, very quickly. And I also love the idea that you brought it up a process because one of the things that we talk often about at Creative on Purpose is that you you know, forge, ident uh, forge identity and meaning through work. And that doesn't necessarily mean the work that you do as your occupation, as the means to fulfilling your financial uh, responsibilities and obligations, but, um, you know, work in its, in it, at its most basic level is just the exchange of energy by living things to make change happen. And so, um, you know, you can, you can, build identity and forge meaning through your occupation if it happens to have turned out to be your vocation and if you're one of those people kudos to you that's a hard thing to do um but we do it in our relationships as spouses parents friends neighbors uh and we might do it in our hobbies our side hustles our passion projects or just you know the things that we care about so um i just feel like identity is something that's always being forged but most often kind of in the background i don't think we spend a lot of conscious uh we don't naturally spend a lot of our conscious energy thinking about like who am i and who do i want to become and um so just curious about any reflections on that but also um curious about you know sharing more about your journey like what have you learned as you've been unpacking uh, identity as it applies to you and your relationship with your child. Yeah, so I think uh, first and foremost, so much of our identity is provided for us, right? And part of this uh, journey in this book was really trying to distinguish between uh, what part of our identity is something that's provided to us, that is told to us, uh, required of us, expected of us, and how much of our identity is really something that we choose. And I think often to your point about, we don't spend an, a lot of time sitting down asking ourselves, so wait a second, who am I, right? Uh, part of the reason we don't do that is because so much of our journey and our path is prescribed in some way, shape or another. And that starts, you know, when we're born, right? Like that starts before we're born. I mean, we get like, you know, a little thing that says you're having a boy, you're having a girl, you know, like then at, at that point, you've got all these expectations about who you should be and what you should do and what your opportunities are and all of this kind of stuff. And, 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 a, and a lot of times that people aren't necessarily trying to, uh, um, cause a problem by doing it, but it is, but it can cause problems by doing it. So I do think that that it, it helps us to take a minute and step back and go, the lives that we're living, the things that we're choosing, the stories that we tell, are those stories our own or are those stories that somebody has given to us? And, uh, and to your other point, we also probably shouldn't be telling stories of other people unless those are their stories to tell, not necessarily our stories to tell. So for me in this process, you know, I, I was really trying to figure out what is my story as I go down that rabbit hole. What is my story? You know, there are certain things like as absurd as it sounds, I, I never really knew how to answer the question of where am I from? 
right? And it's the first thing everybody asks you. The first thing they ask is, where are you from? You know, and but there's a lot of to unpack there, right? Like I, I've moved a ton. I don't really have any like connection to where I grew up. So am I from where I grew up or am I from where I am now? Like, what does it mean to ask somebody, where are you from? You know, so it's questions like that, that I unpacked, even the, even the ideas about gender in and of itself, right? Like I just assume and take for granted that I'm a woman. Well, what the heck does that mean? You know, and, and I have this really awesome kid who knows the difference between their their personal identity as well as their sort of like role identity, the, the place that they fit in the world, right? Like how other people see them. Whereas I, I never really thought about this dis distinguishing the difference between those two, sort of how do I feel? I'm very clear about how other people's view me in the world, but there's a whole other thing underneath that about um, how do you personally feel about who you are? And then getting to your your, your, your comment about work. I think the reason this is so important is because it's very hard to figure out what you want to do and where your passions are if you have no clue who you are and what you want and what you need and what your values are. So when I'm thinking about the idea of upstream, right, when we look, especially on the coaching side of things, when I'm working with clients and they can't figure out exactly how to get where they want, how to launch the thing, how to be, how to do, part of that, a huge piece of that comes back to the fact that they have no idea who they are. They have no idea what they want, what they need, and what their values are. They may sort of know that, but they haven't really centered in on those kind of things. And it's very hard to execute on something, especially when you're an entrepreneur, if you have no idea what you want and who you are. Mm. Yeah, I love that you brought up values, obviously, um, you know, with a brand that's got purpose in it, in its title, we, we are very focused on values and, you know, and the, so, you know, the, the all we hear about anymore since, um, thanks to Simon Sinek is start with why you have to figure out your why and, you know, what, what, and. I get that and I appreciate Simon's, you know, point of view and, and the work that he's done and, and just bringing purpose into the conversation. But I don't think your why is at all. You can't define your why until you define who you are and who you are is a result of your core values and guiding principles, the stories you tell yourself about yourself and, and the way that you interpret and handle the stories other people tell themselves or tell you about yourself. And so I think that I totally agree with um, the, the the importance of values and um, and also that you know one of the things that Simon says that I don't Simon says um, that I don't really agree with is you know that your why is kind of fixed by the time you're in your early twenties and I just that's not been my experience like you know the, there may be a thread or theme or you know common common thread running through your life that connects everything but we are creatures that are constantly becoming what what we are becoming to your point we can bring consciousness into that and you know without clinging to expectations desires or specific outcomes we can we can step into our aspiration to become who it is that we wish to become um the other thing that you were saying that what came to my mind around um, the values and, um, you know, how we don't really spend all that much time in conscious thought thinking about this is, and totally agree that institutional uh, 
education and occupation is a big factor in this. You know, we are, our lives are dictated to us or we accept the, 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 the orders, the rules that we're given, um, far too, far too much. Um, but a lot of our identity stories and a lot of our willingness to step into our potential and possibility is tied to trust and worthiness. I'm just wondering if you have any reflections on, um, you know, how you think about those two terms in our quest to become who we seek to become. Yeah, well, I think there's a lot to unpack with trust and, and worthiness. I mean, I think that in general, um, trust trust is a trust is a conundrum, right? Because I think that trust is something that um, that we all have to learn and earn and understand in a way that is, you know, um, deeper, right? Uh, I think that uh, often the hardest trust is really to figure out how to trust ourselves, right? And that gets at the worthiness, you know, trusting other people has some boundaries around it in some ways that you can learn how to do that, right? Like you, you can give people the benefit of the doubt. And then if, if they, they don't do right by you, it's easy to learn how to trust through experience, right? With other humans and other people. But I do think that that, that trust is a much harder thing to learn within yourself, like how to trust yourself. And I think a lot of that comes down to this, this big thing called confidence, you know, and a lot of times we think that in some ways confidence is, is, a, uh, is a trait, but the reality is that confidence is actually a skill. It is a thing that you can learn. It is something that, ha that you can um, uh, structure systems around to help you uh, be able to learn how to be confident in your ideas and to understand what risk is and how risk plays into that and all of that. And so I think that that there is a that that worthiness is something that uh, comes down to really understanding this thing that is self doubt, understanding this thing that is a confidence, really understanding yourself because a lot of times it comes from places, right? Like it doesn't just pop out of nowhere. Our feelings about ourselves come from like where we came from, right? So we bring a lot to the table, uh, which is why it's it's important to really understand where you come from when it comes to all of this kind of stuff. Um, so, so I think the only other thing I would add, sort of jumping back to your earlier comment about your knowing your why, is that I, I, I'm so glad I didn't know my why when I was in my 20s. What the heck did I know in my 20s, right? I think there is such a youth obsession, this idea that that we have to understand everything, we have to know everything, you know, and and, and that's absurd, right? Like life is this process of constantly learning and growing and changing, and 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 you never actually find yourself again. Like I think that's a little like odd, right? It's not like you're some Easter egg somewhere and like you didn't know yourself and then you found that egg and now you do know yourself. No, I mean, there's, there's no fun in that. Like our, the job of our life is to continually grow and learn and to be open and to absorb and to to do all of that. So uh, I would hope people are still questioning um, this thing that is their why and understanding yourselves way past their 20s. Because Lord knows I didn't know squat in my 20s. I did a lot of interesting stuff in my 20s, which is great. That's what you're supposed to do. But, um, you know, I, I'm so glad I've had the opportunity to rethink about those whys as my life has changed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, some of this is, again, tied to kind of false ideas we've been fed about like where purpose things like purpose and passion lie like part of part of what we're told is your purpose and passion is out there go find it you know you'll find or your purpose and passion is something that's in here and you have to excavate it and i don't know that it's one or the other or and maybe it's both but in my experience 
purpose and passion are, are skills that you earn by um, doing the work right in front of you, engaging in the relationships right in front of you with purpose and passion. Purpose and passion are revealed through acting as if you have purpose and passion. And I love um, what you were saying about, I mean, I, th I love that you said confidence is a skill something that we say here creative on purpose because it's true you like confidence is not something that you're born with it's something that you earn through practice and you you didn't become a confident walker by because you were born with confidence that you would walk you you became a confident walker by doing a lot of bad walking and <laughs> in, in your pursuit of becoming a walker and then suddenly one day you became so good that you didn't even think about it anymore and so it's uh, something that you earned through repetition, through the daily practice of, you know, doing something that was worth doing. And I think, I think of trust and worthiness as, as skills as well. Um, well, I think about the, with the walking example, you know, if you had somebody who was standing next to you while you were walking and saying, Hey, you're a crappy walker, you really should sit your butt down. Right. Because you really don't deserve to be walking because the way you look like when you're walking right now, that's not so cool. So why don't you just sit in the back and like just just don't walk? So, you know, it so confidence is a thing that is in you, but it is also about how you who you're surrounded by impacts your confidence. But the older you get, the more you have a choice about that. I mean, when you are a toddler or when you're learning to walk, you may not have a lot of choice over who's who's around you. And so that can have an impact on whether or not you end up being a good walker or not. But as you grow into an adult, you have a lot of autonomy to say, you know what, that stuff you, you sitting there telling me that I'm a bad walker is not helping me walk right now. So I need you to step back and get out. So uh, I think that the, the thing that is confidence and self-doubt is fed by the community that you have around you. And so part of learning the skill of it is learning how to create that right community and to say no to the people who, who impact you in a negative way yeah. and tell you you can't walk. Routines and relationships. We talk about that all the time here because that's you in our community. We we're just having this conversation earlier this morning um we referenced um two of my favorite quotes one is from goethe which is as soon as you trust yourself you will know how to live um i've been chewing on that one since the seventh grade and I, it still nourishes me every single day i haven't sucked all the marrow out of that one and then one is i think falsely attributed to aristotle but um he could have said it um which is you are what you repeatedly do excellence therefore is not um is is a habit and so this idea of routines and relationships that I totally agree with what you said that, you know, if you are lucky enough to have been um, born into a come from where you get, you know, all, all of your existential needs met adequately and have the love and support and encouragement that enables you to realize, you know, more of your potential. Um, that's fantastic. At some point, regardless of, whatever story you want to tell yourself about um parental support scholastic support community support you do at some point get to decide who who you're going to spend your time with and what you're going to spend your time on and and so identity to circle back to the initial topic is not something that's fixed it's something that is 
always, and you, you referenced this earlier, a work in progress, a process that we can choose to bring a little bit more consciousness, a little bit more intention and a little bit more integrity into. Yeah, yeah, and I think we need to loosen the grip on it a little bit, right? Just loosen the grip on on the idea that there are uh, right and wrong ideas around this this big thing called identity. That there are right and wrong ways that that uh, our children should be, that we should be, that the things we should think, the things we should do, that that are categorizable into the right and wrong. I mean, there may be ways of categorize them, but I just think the right and wrong part of that is 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 a little whack, you know. Well, I. I just to be completely vulnerable and, and transparent, you know, in the issue that you're writing about, um, you know, in your child's identity journey, this is, I live in a community where there are many young people going, experiencing and, and leaning into the exact same edge. And I have, I have had a difficulty trying to figure out like, how, how can someone that young decide that you know they're, they're going to make the, this transition and when a friend said to me something that completely changed my mind around all this which is do you have to know and it was it blew my mind it was like actually you're entire as a guy that talks all the time about embracing uncertainty i was having a really hard time embracing the unknowing and the not understanding and the fact that there's no absolute clear right or wrong way to think about this and to just hold like to, to what you're saying a little hold hold the uncertainty and the not knowing a little bit more loosely um and bringing less of my expectations value judgments prejudices based on come from and culture um to the equation and it has completely cleared the static and the dissonance um and you know just embracing this conversation so just just put, putting that out there for those of you who like me or who look like me um or you know if you're if you're struggling with this holding holding your lack of knowing um kind of out away from yourself and a little bit more loosely and embracing the, the uncertainty could be very helpful yeah i i i think that's absolutely true and and i think that we are by nature uncomfortable with change, right? Because we have this, because we're, we're all interbeings that are connected. There's no way that we can function in the world without our interconnections. And uh, I mean, our survival is dependent on it, right? Like that is that is sort of like baked into us that we need other people. Uh, and so the, the idea that uh, when things start shifting and changing around us, uh, people identifying differently or thinking differently than we do or functioning differently than we do, th there is this, this understanding relatively understandable feeling of of um, of worry of discomfort because we are connected to other people in that way but the reality is we are we are all okay even as the world changes around us it does not it, it feels disruptive in a many way but we are we are still going to be okay change is inevitable it always is inevitable and 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 in my view, I, like I, I take a very human-centered approach to all of this, and the idea that you know, like it's not my job to tell my my child who they are and how to live. It is my job to love and support them and provide them uh, all, all of that is necessary for them to uh, be the best human that they can be. But it is not my job to walk in the room and say, "Well, no, uh, uh you can't you can't be the human that you were discovering that you are." Because hell, I wouldn't want somebody telling me that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I love that you were weaving in this idea of the status quo because I think, um, yes, we are we are creatures that are born with um, a curious, creative nature, and we have a societal uh, impulse that that is responsible for us surviving when everything else on the planet was bigger, faster, and stronger than us, and wanted to eat us for lunch. Um, and we have this capacity this consciousness, this capacity to, you know, reason and, and, um, and to, um, a rational capacity that too often we use to rationalize our bad ideas and, um, mistaken assumptions. Um, you know, we are, we embrace this. We love the status quo because we like to know where we stand and what's expected. And we have this striving nature that, does not accept that this is as good as it can be that that we are not as you know we have not we can be and do more and better and we're holding these opposing ideas in our head at the same time and we can toggle back and forth between the safety of knowing what the status quo expects um and intends and and leaning into the edges of our understanding and ability and and developing our potential and delivering our promise one of the things that i think um terms of our building identity and forging meaning in our lives is being circling back to what you're saying earlier being intentional about who we do that work with and for the relationships and the root and and the way and the routines with which we approach doing um that work will inform and inspire the people that you know the identity that we're, we're um that we're cultivating yeah and and i think um th that will get to your why I mean, in, in many ways, when you understand who who you are doing the work for, you know, and why that work matters to you, whatever that work is. But um, so so I do think it, it matters to figure out uh, who who you are connected to, who your people are, who why, why you are doing what you are doing and who it's for. I mean, I know that that uh, for me, the work I do is very much targeted at, uh, uh, at women entrepreneurs and executives, partly because part of my why is that I, I want to close the confidence gap. Like that's my jam. Like I, I just, it's very clear to me that that confidence gap needs, needs closing, you know, and there's a lot of systems and structures that exist that keep women uh, stuck in that confidence gap. Right. So, um, uh, but that, that is the target that I am, I am most drawn to is really working with women to, uh, to close that confidence and that really gets at my uh my why but it took a while to get there you know and, and i'm no no further behind than anybody else i've just taken all of the experience that i've had up till now to figure out what really matters to me and what problems i really want to solve yeah well one of the themes that has come up and i can't remember even i, I we're way past 250 conversations at this point and that the one of the the, the most common themes is that the people that you know that come onto this broadcast are people that are making a difference that they've arrived at by scratching their own itch by solving their own problem by leaning into their own discomforts and 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 edges um and i i think that speaks to ex everything that we were just talking about you're you're building what i'm hearing is that you're building yourself from the ground up you're you're forging an identity by leaning into um edges and uh doing that with and for other people helping people become who they wish to become by leveraging your hard-earned perspective and experience 
from scratching her own itch, solving her own problem. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely true. And that gets that gets back to that, that whole idea of figuring out what your why is. And, and when you're forcing people to figure out your why at 20, it is really, really hard for them to do that because it's hard to know who you are until you've done a little bit of living. You know, and you, you've had some stuff, gone through some things, lived a life, tried some stuff. You know, I mean, I think that's what is supposed to happen. So um, I, I'm with you on the idea that that we can take our time to figure out our why. It doesn't mean we can't not do things, right? Like, I still think we need to do things when you're young. We need to try stuff. We need to, to live because if you don't live, it's really hard to get to figure that kind of stuff out. But I think we need to stop putting all this pressure on them to say, hey, you have to know your passion. You have to know your why. You've got to figure out who you are. You've got, no, just you need to do stuff. You need to do stuff and then you need to stop and you need to assess what you just did. I need to be like, yeah, do I want to do that again? Maybe. Do I? know? I don't think I'm going to do that again. And then you need to try something else. That is really all we should be doing with our 20 year olds old is helping them do that, encouraging them to do that. Yeah, well. I know from personal experience and from from um, witnessing my 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 son's experience, um, both both my boys that are uh, um, both my young men um, that uh, it's it's a process. And a lot of the process is about finding all the things that you never want to do again, <laughs> not just the finding the things that you're meant to do or the things that you, um, you know, that really, that really give you purpose and, and fuel your passion. Well, Marianne, we're coming to the end of our time together. If there were um, just, you know, one final tip or insight that, or a bit of inspiration that um, you have to share around people that are wrestling with, um, you know, in their own ways with either their own identity or with holding um, more compassionately the identity of others, what would you share? You know, I, I'm I'm a little like focused on this why thing because we've been talking about a lot of whys, and I've been having a handful of conversations recently about the five whys. And I, I don't know who came up with the five whys, but uh, I, I would say if anybody has a really strong opinion about a certain right or wrong about identity, I would ask them to go through the five whys. All that is is that you ask yourself the first why. It takes five whys to get to the root right? That's the idea behind the five whys. So you hold an opinion, ask yourself, why do you hold that opinion? Come up with an answer and then ask your, ask that answer another why. Ask that answer another why. And try to get down to the fifth why to figure out why do you really hold so hard and fast to that, that feeling and that idea, you know, and try and see if that loosens you up a little bit. So I, I would encourage people to, uh, when they find themselves really anchored in, to a decision or an idea about something is to go through the five whys. Love it. Always a more beautiful question. Fantastic. Well, Mary Lombardi, thank you for your time and uh, sharing your, your insight and wisdom with us. And for those of you that are have tuned in, we really appreciate the gift of your valuable time and attention. We hope that the conversation here informs and inspires you to lean into your adventures in identity with a little bit more courage, maybe a little bit more curiosity. If you are interested in learning more about Marianne, she can be found at MarianneLombardi.com. It is always a pleasure and privilege to see you at creativeonpurpose.com as well. Now take the insight and inspiration from this conversation and fly a little higher in the difference only you can make. Marianne Lombardi, thanks so much for spending this time with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Talk to you soon.